Well said. Well said. Well said. Well said. Well said. Well spoken. Well said, Robin. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. If you're new here, my name is Bella, and I'm so glad that you're here. I think that for most of us as children, we have either thought about this or been asked what our what our ideal superpower would be if we could have one. And I think a lot of people would say to be able to fly. So that kind of makes today's guest a kind of superhero. Dave is a commercial airline pilot, and I think you'll be just as excited as I am to discover the things you've always wondered about pilots flying and air travel. So welcome to the podcast, Dave. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, the uh, question I start out with is, what is something new you learned this week? I know, and I, I just keep on thinking, what have I learned? There's so much... Um, I actually <laughs> worked with a guy that was a uh, astrophysicist last week. We had some good conversations, um, but it has nothing to do with our work, really. Um, <laughs> it it was. Uh, I'm sure there's something new that I learned in talking with him, but I just can't remember it right now. Um, we it was one of those ranging conversations. We had quite a bit of time, so um, yeah, the world. And the creation, the universe, it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and we, we have very few, I, well, I know what I asked, I asked him about, uh, dark matter and dark energy for okay. him to tell me the difference, but that, that's, that's a long conversation. <laughs> it sounds very complicated. Yeah. No, it's just fun. So to get into, podcast than what we're talking about. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How long have you been a pilot and what made you want to become a pilot? Okay. Um, well, I'm an old man, so <laughs> um, it's it's hard to remember back, but uh, I grew up what is commonly known as a military brat. So my dad was in the Air Force and we moved around a lot and we went um, from Air Force base to Air Force base and uh, as a kid, um, really, I knew airplanes and um, bases. And um, one of my hobbies was model airplanes. So I'd make model airplanes. Uh, they had little gas engines back then. Uh-huh. Uh, they're mostly electric now, but there's still some good gas ones. But they actually had um, what is called a control line. So you had two lines. Um, and you would start the engine and typically you'd have somebody hold the airplane while you're in the center. And when the airplane takes off, you control the airplane with the two strings, let's call it, um, mm-hmm. as it went around in circles. And I graduated from that to uh, the remote control airplanes. Really, my life growing up was... Um, so my, my dad was, you know, an airline, uh, airplane enthusiast. So okay. he, uh, he owned an airplane and we flew places and it was just, it felt pretty natural. I, I got my license, uh, my private pilot license when, uh, at the same time I graduated from college, uh, which was 1982. 
I, I didn't go into aviation at that point. Um, I was actually working in uh, Washington, D.C. for the Department of Commerce for about three years. But um, I found that on the weekends, what I did for fun was rent an airplane and take friends out. So that was my idea. What I do with my friends. (laughs) That was my idea. Let's, let's go, let's go rent an airplane. Does anybody want to come? So I'd I'd take people flying, you know, one thing led to another and uh, the, uh, the Washington life was not, um, it was a lot of work, a lot of paperwork. And I was young and, and I thought, you know what? maybe I want to do something different. So I did. And, um, uh, it was a long, long process. I, I don't know how much history do you want? Do you want me to tell you like where I went from there or what I flew? What, um, yeah, just share whatever, um, okay. you want to share. Yeah. So initially, um, my, my dad was my biggest supporter and, uh, we, we actually started a small, uh, pipeline patrol company, which uh, we had a little airplane and we flew on um, public utility right-of-ways to make sure nobody um, was infringing, cutting in with a backhoe or something like that, because they're, they're buried pipelines out everywhere, really. That's how, how you transport a lot of oil and gas and, and things of that nature. So, um uh, you may not think about it, but there's little airplanes flying around um, making sure that the um, oil company's properties are intact and not being um, infringed upon. Okay. So I did that for, for a couple of years. Um, I had always been interested in um, mission aviation. Um, there is a company, I guess, a mission organization called Mission Aviation Fellowship. And uh, they were looking for uh, career mission pilots, and all of their pilots are also aircraft mechanics. And I didn't have a mechanics license, and I just didn't want to go through that process. But they had, I guess, a sister organization or an organization that they had sent people to, excuse me, um, called AirServe International, and uh, they, I, I, I was interested, and I, I contacted them, and they were interested in me, and I ended up um, flying for them on a contract in Mozambique, Africa, for a year back in the eighties, late eighties, and uh, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like uh, not like U.S. flying. Um, <laughs> in many aspects. I mean, airplanes are airplanes. That that's the common thing. And that was the easy thing for me, but, um, uh, the security concerns, um, just the operational difficulties, um, were significant. I'm married. I, uh, we, we had a, a a baby in Africa. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I have, well, I have, um, I actually have an aunt and uncle, and well, they have passed now, but, um, in South Africa, my wife, Susan went to stay with them for the birth. That's a whole nother story. It's not <laughs> yeah. related to aviation at all. Um, but it's just my life story, I guess. Yeah. And 
yeah. So um, it was it was time to come home and introduce the baby to the family, and um, and that's what we did. We came back to the states. Then I went into other um, commuter type aviation and uh, did that for quite a few years. Um, but um, aviation then was a little bit different than it is now. Um, it's always changing. And uh, I was with a bankrupt company and I got furloughed and, you know, so it, it, a lot of things changed. Um, so between one bankruptcy, I ended up working for a company that contracts with a manufacturer and they would deliver airplanes overseas. So I delivered a few airplanes um, to India and the United Arab Emirates, went to the Philippines. I didn't deliver one there, but they needed a pilot on contract. So did that for a couple of years because the aviation market was dead. Um, the whole, okay. and right now they're talking about a great need for pilots, but back then there was a lot of pilots and very small need. So, um, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it was intense competition for the very few positions that were available. Oh, but, you know, Lord provided and uh, we continued. So, um, actually, that part of my story is way more interesting than the current story. <laughs> um, but at the time, um, it's unstable and it's not secure and there's not much money and you don't know where or if you have enough. So you, you put a lot of human worry and concerns into your, your life. You know, looking back, it's, it's different than, than right now. So, yeah, what, what I do now is very uh, standardized and uh, very much uh, we have procedures and policies and we follow those and checklists and we have a lot of automation you know we do a lot of briefings so that's how we that's how we operate now it's much more a, a team effort we have a, a dispatch and people that are looking at weather at all times and conditions and how things change uh, when i was flying in africa it was pretty much a one-man show and we had no weather reporting really we didn't even have airspace there was nobody nobody watching over us uh, <laughs> yeah then our company and uh an hf radio and most of the places us flying to didn't even have radios a lot of them didn't have they weren't paved um it was grass gravel um unimproved uh situations so like i said that 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 type of flying is way different than what i'm doing today and yeah. uh, today is easy in so many respects. Anyway, that's kind of a little of my history. Yeah, that's really cool. So what you're doing now is commercial flying, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a major airline. Okay, yeah, so you fly the airplane, you're going to fly the kind of airplane that people are going to go on to go from you know, different yeah. states. Yeah, they're Boeing 737s. They're considered the single aisle um they're the they're not the the large transports but uh -huh. uh, they're um we've got two different types um one is 143 seats the other's 175 uh, one weighs almost 180,000 pounds so wow. 175,000 pounds full up max um when it's loaded but um 
So they're they're heavy machines, and that's where I met you. <laughs> yes. Getting off a big old aluminum tube. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that would be right. Uh, so um, this answer is going to, of course, vary depending on, on the airplane that somebody is um, referring to. But for you specifically on the airplanes that you fly now, what is your favorite button or control that uh, you I saw the I saw the question ahead of time, and I I want to give you a dad joke answer. You know, <laughs> easy button or the panic button. You know, too, they're the favorite buttons. But um, no, I, I'm going to say the nose wheel steering because um, the airplane I have only ha- it has uh, so you, you steer an airplane with the nose wheel, and uh, when you're on the ground, and our airplanes only have a tiller wheel on the left side, so. That's that's the big upgrade when you when you move to the left seat you get to use the nose wheel so that yeah. that's, that's got to be the best most call it button that's fun <laughs> it sounds as though your schedule is full and crazy um, so what does your work schedule look like and then how does that affect your family dynamic okay two good questions and the answer is kind of complicated airlines don't have days off. Um, so you, you work every day of the year. So you, you staff your airline for that. The way everybody gets to choose a schedule, the way the schedule is chosen is based on seniority. So the guy that's been there the longest time gets first choice. Oh, wow. Yeah. But so there's, there's two seats up front, captain and first officer on the first officer side, you've got, so a, a new hire pilot would go as a first officer and he would be the most junior guy as, as when he's hired. So he's going to have horrible schedules. He's going to have weekends and holidays. That's, that's going to be his, his diet of, um, of scheduling. Um, and as, you know, as you age or as you progress, the seniority moves up. And you get to a point where you become a senior first officer and you're getting your weekends off. Your your schedule is much better than a junior first officer. But there's something that happens at that point because as a first officer, your pay is less than as a captain. And so there's there's this changeover that happens that if you decide to go to the left seat, guess what? You're back on the bottom of the list. Uh-huh. So yeah, even though I'm I'm pretty old. I'm not that senior as, okay. as bidding is concerned. It's not bad. So that's, that's kind of how it works. My airline has a very flexible system of bidding and we're able to give away and pick up and trade with the company, trade with other pilots. Um, and usually you can fix most of your problems that way. Now the, the airline schedule is um it's it's more difficult than um than some. So and I add another complexity is I I don't live in the base that I fly out of. So every time I go to work, I have to So every time I go to work, I have to jump on an airplane and the same getting home. So that just adds time away. Anyway, that it's it is difficult, you know, because things happen on the weekend. Uh, birthdays happen, anniversaries happen. Everything that happens happens at home. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen on the road in the airplane. 
So yeah. um, I've missed a lot of family events and uh, yeah, it, it has a cost. So it's, it's part of it, but you know, there's a lot of people that have jobs that put them on the road quite a bit. Yeah. So would you say since you don't have the same like flexibility um, that other jobs have, and since you're gone a lot, do you feel like you get homesick a lot or has that kind of gotten better as you have um, been doing this more? Yeah. So homesick is an interesting word. That's more, that's more of a long-term, you know, when you've been gone, when I did contracts overseas, um, yeah, sure. You just, um, missed being home. Um, the nature of my work now is, it, you know, it's not a, I'm not home every night, but I go out and I'm gone for a couple of days and I come back, not really homesick. I mean, this last trip, I had an overnight in uh, Greenville, Spartanburg, and they put us up in a pretty nice hotel and they had some sort of convention going on. And they had, I guess they had all the rooms that they normally use booked up and they had this suite I mean, they're basically down to their last rooms and I don't yeah. know why they didn't give some of the people a suite, but they gave me this nice big suite. And I wish my wife were there with me yeah. because it would have been fun, but I don't know what's so fun about having a, you know, a hotel room with a couch and, big six foot TV screen, but you know, so yeah, you, you, you kind of, or when I met you, I was actually visiting my daughter and my mom. So I look forward to those overnights uh, just yeah. to catch up. Usually my daughter has time that she can uh, devote to me. And um, actually last week we, uh, she picked me up and we went to the beach. So that was fun. Um, so that's probably like the best overnight I've had in a long time. So out of curiosity, because you said that you have to fly to to work and you have to fly back. Um, do you have to pay out of pocket for those or do you have benefits for working for the airline? Or? Yeah, that, that's uh, so about half the company actually commutes. Um maybe a little less, maybe 40%, but there's a lot of people on the airplane that are coming and going to work. And it's just a benefit uh, that the company provides because we have a lot of bases and uh, there's a lot of different life changes. So just uh, the company recognizes that just coming and going is, is part of the, the game. And uh, mm-hmm. so we have all the airplanes have what are called jump seats and there's, pilot jump seats and there's uh, flight attendant or cabin jump seats. And we're allowed to use those if the airplane's full, if the airplane's not full, we use an open seat. So haven't had too many problems getting to work or getting home. So it's, it's been good. good. Yeah, Yeah. that's cool. When you go on vacation, would you choose to fly or drive? Like saying that it's like, like out of state. Um, where it's going to be a couple hours, like um, several hours drive, or would you prefer the couple hours flight? Right. Um, so this is the uh, some of those ironies of life. I <laughs> I fly all the time, so I'd rather just like um, I live in North Carolina. I'd just drive two hours to the beach, and I'm there. 
That's, mm-hmm. That sounds like a good vacation to me. My wife, on the other hand, she's at home all the time. So guess what she wants to do? She wants to get on an airplane and go to Iceland or something. You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so we have that. And it, it's that also is a, a, a perk that they give us. Um, we It's called interline travel. So we're allowed to travel on other airlines. And um, it's a reduced rate. You're basically paying the taxes because... Uncle Sam always wants his tax, so uh, a tax and a transaction fee. So it's 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 really cheap if you do it that way, but it's standby, so it's not certain. Um, mm. And you know, sometimes I'll buy tickets depending on what time. You know, you look at time of year and talk to the uh, agents and ask them how their business is going, and you know, it it it's a it's hard to. Uh, to understand it unless you're actually in the uh, industry. Uh, um, yeah. It, we are allowed to travel non-rev or non-revenue mm-hmm. and we have agreements with other airlines. So other airlines, I see, you know, other airlines all the time and yeah, it works. It's a good system. That's good. That's cool. Yeah. What's it like for you then to be a passenger of the airplane instead of the pilot? <laughs> <laughs> is it a nice change? Is it weird? No, well, I don't know. Maybe I complain too much. Um, <laughs> the passenger seats um, have something to be desired. Honestly, my seat up front's better than the one in the back. Oh, and it just, you know, some of my pet peeves are all the public service announcements that are required and mm. flight attendants get on and it seems like you're just talking all the time. And, you know, you, now you've got Wi-Fi so you can listen to whatever you want to listen to. Yeah. And that's usually my choice. Yeah, it gets interrupted a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because uh, I know when I drive versus, like, when somebody else is driving, there's some people where I'm like, I don't feel like I trust you. Like, there's a car in front of you. But when I'm driving, like, I know I have total control over that. <laughs> so it's it's weird to be the passenger since like I learned to drive. So how does um driving a car compare to driving or flying a plane? I'm sure it's different in a lot of ways. Yeah, you're right. I jokingly say it's a lot harder to drive a car. Um you got all the people, you know what they're gonna do. Are they gonna stop for the re- red light are they going to go through it or you know it's just you got a lot of crazy people out on the road and um man they just drive till the next problem you know Uh you bury the pedal some people drive you just you you got two pedals and you push one all the way down all the time (laughs) Uh, so um no flying an airplane is a totally different environment than driving Mm. a car um You know, the skills to drive a car are pretty basic. Uh, an airplane is a three-dimensional environment, and weather is is a huge part of that. Yeah, it, it's hard to compare the two. They're, they're just yeah. so different. Yeah, it is like apples to oranges, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, does flying ever scare you? Not really. So I'm sure like a lot of passengers are like, oh, like hopefully we make it there safely. You know, like when you get on an airplane, it's like your family and friends are texting like, have safe travels, that kind of stuff, you know. Does flying scare you? 
I wouldn't say it scares me. What's the but, concern? <laughs> see, I get very car sick. Okay. So I also that also translates to when I'm in an airplane. Mm-hmm. So I do not want to throw up. Right. And I just get really nauseous and headaches and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that's more of the side of airplanes and that kind of stuff I don't enjoy. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily like, oh, I'm scared of getting on an airplane and flying. But there is something in like the back of my mind where right. it's like the airplane could go down and I could die. <laughs> but <Okay. laughs> it's not like. I get well, on the airplane. Plus, and like, if, you, if you have motion issues, that that's, that adds to stress. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've I, and I've dealt with a lot of people. You know, they'll tell me that they they were frightened. Have you ever been in or close to an emergency? Um. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> you want to you want to hear what it was or something? Uh, if you want to share, you're more than welcome to share. And if not, <laughs> we'll leave it at yes. Um, yeah, I, I had one with commercial aviation. It was a pressurization problem. Uh, it's an older airplane. We, we don't have any of those anymore. Going from Denver to Oklahoma City, and we were at altitude and had just started a descent. You get a warning light if your cabin goes too high. And we got a warning light. And we looked up and you checked the gauge, and sure enough, the cabin was too high. There's a you've got a a time between when the cabin goes above the threshold between where it actually drops, you know, the oxygen mass they always tell you about. Uh-huh. You know, that briefing, right? They're required to tell you. Well, yeah. we didn't drop the masks, but um, what I did is uh, since we were already had started a descent, um, I just increased the rate of descent, and we did our emergency procedures or your your quick reference card is is what it's called, and you you look at this system. What had happened is uh, we had a dual channel failure of the pressurization, so you go to the manual system and you close the outflow valve. So the way an airplane is pressurized. Is uh, they call it a pressure vessel. Um, the uh, the engines pump air into the pressure vessel to keep the cabin at a at a level that you can breathe. So mm-hmm. when you're at at altitude, typically your cabin is about eight thousand feet. If you feel lightheaded, easy that might you, you might actually feel that right. Uh-huh. Um, the the alert light comes on at about 10,000 feet. So there's not a whole lot of room there. And the automatic controllers control some, uh, something called an outflow valve. So you have a, a let's just call it a constant rate of uh, air being pumped into the cabin. Um, and the outflow valve controls the pressure of the cabin. Well, if you have the automatic controllers fail, then you go into manual mode. So we just manually shut the valve down so it didn't release the air. Mm-hmm. It got to an altitude that you don't need pressurization, um, but we kept the cabin as much as we could. And then we landed. But in that whole process, we, we, um, it's, it's almost routine 
if you have a problem, a mechanical problem or something of that nature, that you just go ahead and um, declare an emergency. Uh-huh. Call it precautionary. You know, you just. Yeah. Uh, and, and this was, you know, this was the case. We had um, a pressurization event. Anyway. Were the passengers informed um, that there was well, this emergency? See, now, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> do you want to know? <laughs> I mean, sure. Oh, I, my, my philosophy on this is, um, yeah, if it affects you, I, I'm going to explain. Um, uh-huh. But if it doesn't affect you, um, you don't really need to know. Yeah. So I called my flight attendant and I asked, hey, um, we're having a problem with the pressurization. Is anybody complaining? Mm, okay. And her answer was, well, there's uh, like a six-year-old girl that's complaining about her ears. And, uh, and I said, is that it? And she said, yeah, no one else has had any complaints at all. So I said, okay, um, I'm just going to land and write up the maintenance problem and mm-hmm. um, say goodbye to all the people as they get off. And if yeah. anybody had any questions, I'd answer them at that point, but I didn't want to make a, um, you know, an announcement. Yeah. Over. Cause you don't want to worry somebody. If yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. For all the people who are scared of flying. Uh, yeah. That, and you know, all the cameras come on, um, uh, uh-huh. in a quiet room with, very little light. So that's, we, we like that as pilots. We don't want to be in the, uh, in the limelight. So to speak, uh, stay yeah. boring existence. <laughs> okay. So the next question is, do you feel so much pressure having so many lives in your hands? You know, I, I don't, uh, it's almost that simple. Um, it's my life too. Right. So yeah. we're, we're very selfish creatures. So why would we do anything to endanger ourselves? As long as I stay safe, you're safe. But um, it's it's a very safe uh, system, and it's been developed over years and years of um, experience and methods, policies. Um, It's it's heavily examined Mm -hmm. by you know the company and government and everybody involved because I mean, safety is, is key. If it weren't safe, nobody would want to go. And, and even still as safe as it is, people are still concerned sometimes. Yeah. So you're saying that being in an airplane is totally safe and that the passengers don't need to be concerned about the scary part of it. That's, that's what I'm saying. In fact, (laughs) sometimes I tell people, because this puts it in real terms, highway traffic fatality statistics are interesting. And I did this a long time ago. I, I question my memory sometimes. Um, but do you know what a 747 is? Yes. Okay. It's a big jumbo jet. It carries a lot of people. What would you think of air transport if every week two 747s crashed and everybody died. I would probably not want to fly. Right. And yet you get into your car. Mm-hmm. So the highway statistics are about that. Okay. That makes, that makes a lot more sense. It does so, make, it does make flying sound very safe. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, losing over 147s a year, um, nobody would fly, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what is the most challenging part about being a pilot for you? Really, what we hit upon earlier was the, the schedule. Yeah. The thing about being a pilot is trying to maintain your family life. And mm-hmm. uh, it was it was harder when my kids were young. They're not now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, pretty Did sure. Did you have to have any, like, conversations or did you have to like make up in any way like when you did come home when your kids were younger um so that they didn't feel like oh dad's just leaving and then he comes back or anything like that well um i should have had more conversations honestly mm-hmm. um i should have engaged more even on the road i mean you have a phone but uh um and this is a good method right here yeah no, it's hard to be a good, good dad. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's not an easy task, and yeah. uh, and I, I, that would go with I guess any job, but um, um, this one certainly presents problems. Right. Yeah, I guess on the flip side of that, what is biggest blessing of um, being a pilot? I enjoy the work. I mean, I, I enjoy doing what I do. Um, oh, that's good. Back to the, the, why did I become a pilot? I don't even know why I became a pilot. <laughs> what it's doing. And you just keep on doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, um, it was almost like, they'll pay me to do this. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of, kind of it. That's cool. Um, so wrapping up. If you were to start your career over again, would you still choose to be a pilot? Yeah, I read that question. That's a hard question. Um, I'm very analytical. And in that, you look at every mistake you ever make um, and you go, how could I have done this better? How could I? It's dangerous to walk into a path of regret and. Wish I would have. I, um, it's, it's, I guess it's the heart of it is discontent. Right. You know, clearly if, um, I could have done things better if I, you know, the old adage, if I would have, if I knew then what I know now, how would I have, uh, would have done differently, but yeah, life is process and you just don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> when you're young. <laughs> um, you, uh, and when I say that it's, it's uh, life experience. You just, you don't know how you're going to handle yeah. uh, losses and challenges. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been a really fun conversation for me to have. Um, it's been a blessing and I know that I am not an airplane geek or planning to go into that field, but this has been a really fun conversation and I hope the listeners um, enjoy it as well. So thank you so much um, for having this conversation with us. Sure. My pleasure. Thank you.